Hello, and welcome back to Spiritual Technology, Awaken to Your Life's Purpose, where science and spirituality converge as one. I am incredibly excited to be sharing the conversation with Mr. Tim Freak uh, today, a man who I just found out is living in a very special place on the planet, dear to my heart, Glastonbury, UK, known as the heart center of the planet. And I'll give you a little background. Uh, Tim is a pioneering philosopher, has written over 35 books, translated into 15 languages, uh, including uh, Deep Awake and Soul Story, his latest, which are revolutionary approaches to awakening for the 21st century and a visionary uh, for a new understanding of the nature of reality. Tim's also the creator of Univigilism, a deeper way of living, and the founder of the international community of individuals. Tim, uh, you can read his full bio here and connect it with him on his website. Tim, welcome. What a joy and a blessing. It's uh, a great pleasure to be here with you. Yes. Um, you know, this whole series is about the unification of science and spirituality. So I'm kind of starting off asking everybody, why is that important? Why and how does that benefit people? How does it benefit the planet? How does it benefit awakening? Yeah, great question. That's a really, really good question to start with. Why, why do we do this? Because it's been my obsession, especially this last phase of my life, is, is trying to do that. So maybe I've got to start with why it seems important to me. Okay. Because I'm, I'm certainly investing an awful lot of my life into it. Um, yeah. For me, it feels important because I find myself in this mysterious predicament of being alive, uh, hurtling towards death, and I have this incredible scientific understanding being offered to me which has no other generation has had the benefit from which is so powerful and enables me to have this conversation with you and completely opposite sides of the planet which is just astonishing right and on the other hand i have since i was a little boy spent my life exploring spiritual awakening experientially and philosophically now, I don't want to live in a world in which I am cut in two. Uh, you know, if if I, there is one reality, these must fit together. And yet both of them are traditionally have become uh, opposites. They look like they're looking in different directions, like it's an either or choice. So my gut feeling is, well, both, the insights of both seem powerful to me. There must be a way in which they can come together. So that's for me personally. Collectively, the reason I've been doing it is that it seems to me we're, we're, we're facing a kind of soul crisis at the moment in the West, whereby certainly in the mainstream, not, not really in the majority of people, I suspect, but in the mainstream culture, which governs how society evolves and moves in my lifetime, I've seen an understanding of science become dominant. Uh, and it's still increasing, I think, actually, although the, the new thing is beginning to rise underneath, it's still quite small. And this, this, this understanding of science is, is literally soul-destroying. It, 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 it comes in on the basis of so much technological success that people think, well, it's convincing, isn't it? Right. And, and it basically goes, look, you know, we're clever monkeys clinging to a rock in the middle of nowhere here long enough to go, what the? And then we're gone. And that's it. Now, if you live your life with that level of impoverishment of meaning, it, first of all, it cuts you off from all of these experiences which are available to you of awakening. Um, and, and, it, and it creates this, this meaninglessness, which is endemic in society. And that affects everything. 
So if we're going to find a optimistic, hopeful, uh, love-inspired, wise way of coming into the future, we need a whole new philosophy. Actually, the we you know, it's spirituality is not going to do it. So that that version of science is not going to do it. We need a, a new thing, and and I do think a new thing's coming. And I think when it comes, its impact on everything will be absolutely enormous, just like the impact of science was three four hundred years ago. Okay, so there's an emergence happening. There's an emergence of awakening that is happening. Tell what's that new thing? Is it, how does that look? How is it being shaped? Is it something completely like? Uh, uh, what do they call it in the X-Men, you know, this, this, this revolution, I mean, this evolutionary leap in, in DNA or like, what's your vision of, of what that looks like? Well, I don't think it's anything to do with DNA. That's for sure. Okay. Um, I, I think the, the, e the evolutionary leap that's happening, the, uh, the actual evolutionary leap that's happening is what I call this individuals into individuals. So that's hence the word and the name I've given to the philosophy that I've been exploring, individualism. And that's simply a name for something I see happening, which doesn't have a name as far as I can make out, which is I think we're evolving from individuals into individuals conscious of unity with the universe. Mm. And so I need a name. So I'm saying, like, okay, well, that's a, a individual, not yeah. someone who's lost their individuality, not someone who's dismissed life as a meaningless illusion because it's all one, not that non-dual extremity, which is, which has been around quite popular over the last 20 years, but that's something different to that. Rather we've evolved, we, we have over oh, 14 billion years has taken us from hydrogen and helium to you and me having this conversation. It's a, it's a huge miracle, isn't it? Yes. And we have individuated. We've become these individuals. We've gone from basic matter to this world we're experiencing of the imagination of the psyche of what traditionally is called the soul. A non-material realm of ideas has arisen from biology, which has arisen from physics. And now we're here. And then through that, it feels like so what we're, what's happening is the individuals are recognizing, oh, we are the whole thing. Uh, I, I am the universe arising as Tim meeting the universe arising as Aaron. And what we need then is both the, 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 the practices and the ways of encouraging that on the one hand, and on the other, we need a understanding which can allow us to to embrace that what is a spiritual awakening by any other name within the modern world, which is so dominated by reductionist science. So we need a, we need a robust, intellectually robust spirituality. We need a, 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 a rational spirituality. So spirituality needs a massive shakeup in my view. Yes. Right. A ra I love that. A rational spirituality. And that is true. It's so, cause what, what you're saying about individualism you know, sounds to me like to be in the world, but not of the world. That that ancient theological saying. Yeah, I, yeah. The essence of it, of course, is exactly exactly. It is. It's right. It's to be in the world and also to realize you, that you're you've transcended the world. Yes. Um, but there's a major difference I want to see between you know the, the what I'm what I'm exploring as a way of uniting science and spirituality is to take this new story mythos uh, that we have we've had it for 100 years not still pretty new of evolution we've got this enormous idea which un which unites the whole of science as one narrative which goes the whole universe has evolved 
not you know not just you know we began with darwin it was an astonishing idea that the whole of all of life had evolved from one basic form of life one you know cell i mean wow and then with big bang theory 100 years or so ago a bit more suddenly oh my no 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 it's just life everything has evolved so it feels like look that's the key so what i'm what i'm kind of wanting to do is is i'm, I'm wanting to say to science yes absolutely but it doesn't end with biology yes. it isn't like 10 billion years of physics of, of physical evolution 4 billion years of life and then this funny kind of consciousness psyche side effect like yeah like no 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 (laughs) the whole thing has been leading to the evolution of soul if you want to give it the old name it's like that's that's where it's gone and and that's where all the action is so what i'm saying when i say to science is look there's a whole new domain of reality which you're ignoring because you're fixated with what you can measure in the sensory world and great if you can but the fact is the thing you can measure in the century world is really the basic levels of physics, which is why science is so good at physics. But the further you get away from physics, the less things repeat, the yes. more complex they become until eventually they're non-material ideas and you can't measure those at all. So it has to expand its idea of evolution. And then on the other hand of spirituality, what I'm wanting to say is this domain, which spirituality has been experiencing since the earliest shaman, where you can go off and it's like a hell, there's a whole universe out there rather than seeing that as something which has existed eternally from which we've fallen into matter into an illusion got stuck in a body and how about that has itself evolved that the that we haven't it's not an eternal realm of soul from which we've fallen or god who's dreaming this illusion or any of that but actually a continual movement from the simplest of things to the most emergent and the, this this soul domain is highly emergent so it's a it's arisen recently and it's vast but it's arisen recently and then suddenly you've got one story you've got one story which takes you from hydrogen from big bang right the way through the evolution of the galaxies right the way through the evolution of life to the evolution of the soul dimension which is what spirituality has always been talking about brilliant these the because consciousness is always moving as one whether it's in the form of science and whether it's in the form of this evolution of soul multidimensionality or whatever, it is constantly moving as a singular organism of consciousness. Uh, you know, have you ever read Jose Arguelles's work? Um, he wrote a book called The Transformative Vision, which was really taking us all the way through Western uh, history and Western culture showing how art, science, and spirituality were moving together as one singular consciousness, i.e. example, when we were discovering particle physics, Surat began painting with individual little dots, you know? That's such a lovely example. Yeah. And That's gorgeous. So what I hear you saying is like, this is all moving together in cooperation with each other. I, I hadn't seen it from that perspective, but I love that. Yeah, and I, and I and I think inevitably there is something in that because, you know, everything is influencing everything else, and everything is ultimately connected. Yes. Um. So I would I would I would see that. So 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 that movement that's been going through through culture, I think is arising at this place now where. 
I guess the most, for spirituality, the, one of the radical ideas I want to explore, although I'm not the first person to do it for sure, is that rather than, see, again, seeing, putting consciousness or God at the beginning, that you put consciousness and God at the end, or not the end, but where it's going. So not where it's coming from, but where it's going. So that the unit, so instead of this, the thing which drives scientists mad is if you, you take, you know, you go, when, when spiritual people put God at the beginning or even just consciousness at the beginning, it's like, where did that come from? You just put, you've, you've said you've explained something, but all you've done is just stick thing at the beginning. You haven't explained anything. What is great about science is it hasn't done that. It's, it's started from the simplest thing. So I wonder whether we can go, look, what if, what if that, what if the universe is becoming conscious of itself through us? And that as we do that, the, there's this enormous um, transcendental consciousness arising, which you could call God. And because oneness feels like love, we experience it as love. And that rather than God creating the universe, like in the old myths, the universe is flowering, as it were, into God through us. Through the human condition. Through us, yeah. Through, through, us, us. through us as psyches, as souls. Maybe I, through other things too, but through us at least. Yes, yeah, so because when I hear that, I, I could infer that, it, it, that, the, that um, we would be the, the sole representation of God emerging as us. I, I, I mean, who knows what else is happening in the universe? And there's a whole load of stuff happening on our planet. Right. But the thing which marks us out here, at least, is that every, you know, all forms of life have specialized in different things. And you know, there's a whole load of stuff which I'm not very good at, which other forms of life are great at, smell, for instance. But what we've specialized in is soul. We have really gone up into that non-material dimension and populated it with ideas. Hence the reason we're having this conversation and other forms of life aren't. And that, I think, is where this more emergent thing is opening up. But everything's connected so it's it's not like it's us it's the universe right. which is everything as us reaching up to this more transcendental level and and what i love about this is it just takes our lives and gives them so much meaning and it connects the most extreme thing of spirituality which is the idea of god or transcendent consciousness with particle physics or anything actually because yeah. it's going look it's all that there's 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 something in the pro there's what I, I think the simplest thing which we could take as the foundation would be the idea of being. Because there's only one quality which everything around me has. They're all, everything's got a different quality, but the one quality everything has is the quality of being. It all exists. Even the empty space exists. You know, the vastness of space, it still exists. So there's, an, there's a formless emptiness, which is what the Buddhists and all the spiritual traditions have always said there's a formless emptiness let's call it something which exists and has no other qualities which is in the process of taking on qualities of becoming so you've got being in the process of becoming and it starts with the very simplest of of, of qualities and it becomes increasingly more and more emergent building on building on building on building on taking us through the emergence of all the vastness of physics then biology and then all this, the vastness of soul. So it's one process leading to what? Well, the universe recognizing itself. And when you or I deeply see, oh, well, hang on, I'm the universe. What else could I be? 
what else what am i like from outside the universe or something <laughs> you know, my body's made of the universe my right, body's literally right. made in stars and so on and, right. and 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 my soul too so you that's where the universe wakes up and that feels like we're we're on the cusp of that really cutting in and why going back to your excellent first question aaron why this matters to me is it is is it feels like for that to happen in the new way it needs to we need a new spiritual and scientific philosophy, something which unites them yes. in a genuinely new way. Yes. Do you, do you feel, because I feel like more than anything, us human beings, we long to experience freedom. The freedom of being. And this seems like, this seems like the way in which we could literally experience freedom and access that beingness, which is love, presence, which can create infinite possibilities in our life by unifying our consciousness into one. I, I, I certainly feel, you know, I, I had a, probably the most important experience of my life just a few weeks ago, which was, I, for, me, for me, it was just being completely immersed in what I would now start calling God again, is a word I abandoned for years, but <laughs> something... Something bigger than me, and and Tim wasn't there. It was dissolved. Just just this bliss, this just just light, just presence. And and what I've noticed ever since I first had an awakening when I was a kid is it's the only time it feels right. It feels like yeah. And so we can give any word you like to it. It's free. It is free. Yes. Although the paradox is, as it says in one of my favourite quotes in the Gnostic Gospel of Philip, where it goes, "Those who are free from through gnosis." by knowing this, that become slaves yeah. because of love. And there's that element that you do become free, but then suddenly you're not yeah. because there's this huge need to, to bring the love into the world, to yeah. serve the emotion. And, yes. and, but when we touch that bigger thing, that's the only time it makes sense. There's some, it feels like, oh yeah, that's what it's about. It's the, it's the only thing that can redeem the level of suffering that's in the world. And, it, and the love does, does redeem it. So at best, uh, the process of awakening and becoming are moments, are, are moments where we touch that and then we go back to carrying water. I, I think the process is, here's another idea which is really key to this individualist perspective for me, which is around time. Because I've been talking about like 14 billion years of process of this time. So pretty important to understand what time is, especially because an awful lot of people, that I, I, I myself, I'm sure, have said in the past that time is an illusion. I don't know what that means now. Because it, it, when I look at this, what I see is time. I see change. And that's what time is. And it's, but it's not just change. It's change built on what's happened before, constantly. Everything is changing, built on... And because it's built on what's happened before, every moment is built on the previous moment. In it, the present implicitly contains the past. It feels, to, it feels obvious to me now that the past hasn't gone anywhere. Right. It's still here. It's right. right here. This moment contains implicit within it everything that's ever happened because it wouldn't be this moment otherwise. So everything, so in a way you could say the universe is formed of the past. I think it's what the Indians were getting at when they talked about the Akisha, that there's a, like a memory of the universe. Like, like, and, and so everything, you and me, everything, we're all made of the past. And, and therefore what's happening is we're forming the, 
we're forming our identity and that what marks you and me out and human beings is that we have choice. We can actually choose how we form ourselves. Like I chose to respond to your invite and now this is part of me forever. Yeah. And hallelujah, how wonderful is that? So that with the becoming and the being, it feels like I am building up the quality of my individual nature, my soul, in such a way that it can support these deep awake states more. And that's what I've been doing for 60 years. So that now I can be in that state much more readily than when I was 18, it, it, where it just felt like it came and went by grace. Right. Now, right. now, not so much. Doesn't mean I'm always where I went the other day. In fact, to be honest with you, I have no idea how to get back to that, but I can get back to something. And, and that I think is why there's a dance between the becoming and then the being, and then the becoming and the being. And it's a beautiful dialectic. It's, it's. I love that. The dance between the becoming and the being. Because yeah, when we're, when we're experiencing the physical world reality, we're, we're dancing between the illusion of separation from darkness and light and, and, and it, it's designed, I believe, for us to remember, forget, become, and be like, and, and the, that's to me how we connect, uh, I, I'm, I'm, that's how we connect the science and with the spirituality because the science is the penetration of matter, of, of density, if you will, or the exploration of the physical world. And when we dance into that contrast, we then come out actually more, more awakened, more light. Would you, would you? I think basically I would. I want the bit yeah. I want to pick up on, and this might sound like a little thing and I'm, I'm really not trying to be pedantic, but I'm, but I, I, I really, I'm really trying to change my language. So I'm going to pick you up on the language that I would have used. So I'm really right. addressing myself. Because you will find, in my books, you'll find endless references to the illusion of separateness. Um, and my feeling is now, I want to talk about some, I don't know, the miracle of separateness. Or I, I, I want to change that, because that, that's the traditional spiritual tropes. It's an illusion. It's not really there. It, but it is there. And that's what's so amazing. You, are, you and I are individuals, relatively. But hugely important because we can only have this conversation because we are. And through that individuality, we can actually go, ooh, and we're not. Wow. And so I want us to move spirituality away from this negative thing, which is so imbued in it, we don't even notice it's there half the time. Mm. And move it to an evolutionary view, which is inherently optimistic, so that we're not, it's not all come from the place it wants to go. It's actually it's going to that place. It hasn't fallen. It's evolving. This separateness is a, is a great, is a foundation, not an illusion. Um, our humanity, our attachments, our, our emotions, our thoughts, these are not bad things because they stand in the way of emptiness or awakening. They're actually beautiful things, amb ambiguous things, of course, because there's two sides to everything, but they are, they're, they're positive things. The ego is not the problem. No, the ego is the hero of this journey. That sort of thing. So you, when I said that illusion of separation, you assumed then I was seeing it as a negative. No, 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 not at all. I don't think you were. But what I do think is that in our language, 
Um, and that's why I said it's really addressed at me. Right. In, my, in, my, in the language I've previously used, what I see is words like illusion, which are really strong, actually in science and spirituality. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's kind of an obsession with illusion. Um, so that, you know, this is an illusion, timing is an illusion, right. 3D right. 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 Is a, matter's an illusion, the right. ego's an illusion, separatism right. is an illusion. Right. 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 It's like, right. okay, what are you left with? Whereas, <laughs> which is, where it feels like, no, 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 it's not. That's what's so amazing. What's so amazing is this experience I'm having of being in this world is a level of what's real. Yes. There's also other levels of what's real. If I go down really, really small, it all disappears. And there's poss quantum possibilities. If I step out into these more emergent state, it's all God. But right here where I am, it's like, mm, this is good. And, it's, and, and it has its own reality to it. And what I see with the two parts of, of science and spirituality that I have problems with now is that they're both reductionist in a sense in different ways. Like science wants to take this human experience we're having and explain it by reducing it. So, yes. you, know, yes. you know, you know the stuff, you know, it's like the, these thoughts, they're just the brain. You know, right. Your feelings of right. love, they're just chemicals, you know, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And, and so it all gets pulled down and, and your humanity dis disappears. And then, and then certain forms of spirituality want to go, it's all one. And you, you know, this whole Tim and Aaron thing is just like, you know, just get over that. And just, and you know, you haven't, until you get it, you won't see. And I know those non-dual states really well. And I know why people say it. It's just, I think they've misinterpreted the states. And they reduce, so the, here's it's reducing it all to the smallest thing. Here it's reducing it all to some, it's all just one consciousness and nothing else. And, and, and what gets missed is our actual experience. Yes. Our, our vulnerable human journey is happening. And yes. that feels, that feels a, very, a, a big thing to lose. Yes, that's, that's right there. I mean, that's the essence, right? I love that the uh, science compartmentalizes everything into little boxes, into infinite multi multiplicities. And then you go to the other extreme where it's all one. And, you know, you just see this uh, opposing consciousness playing with each other in exact opposite. And I think that's where we struggle and we miss out on the joy of what you were just saying, we, on the joy of the humanity, which really we access when we bring those two worlds together. Yes. So once, what I love again about this, this evolutionary vision is it goes, look, there's a whole spectrum of reality that's emerged. If you go down to the smallest things, you know, you'll find atoms and quantum particles and all the rest. Of it. And then if you go and come to the life world, you'll have this sensory experience. And then if you go to the, you, you take ayahuasca or you, you go into deep meditation, you'll go off into a whole visionary realm and that's real too. And then you can go right up and you can touch God and it's just pure being and light and, and just unbelievable transcendence. And all of that and everything in between is one emerging reality. It's one process of being forever becoming in, a, in ever more emergent ways. And we are that. I am being, becoming in ever more emergent ways. We all are. So how can we dis, I don't want to reductionist this. Uh, <laughs> I want, I, 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 my intention with our conversation, with all of these conversations is practical, applicable uh, applications to every, someone's everyday life and living. So what, 
what would you suggest um, in somebody who's really interested in, in melding these two worlds um, in an understanding and how can it support them to experience more, more, more in their life, more freedom in their life, more abundance, joy? Well, in terms of the understanding, I think that, you know, that, 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 that's, there's no shortcut for that. It's like, you've got to think it through and that's why I write books, but I let's, and you know, so there, I'm just going to recommend reading soul story, my latest book. Because that's, yes. You know, it's a great, uh, a great way into that. I've also done it as an audio book. There's online courses I've done. That's, that's my whole mission with that. With the experiential stuff, which is also just as important to me, Aaron, I've just finished a retreat just now in, in, in the U, U, um, UK and my aim is for everyone to experience their individuality. So they actually experience that oneness because you talk about it and it can sound a bit abstract. When you feel it, it's just this enormous love and you can't miss it because it's in, it comes right down into your body. It's a, you know, it's a big love experience. It really, really is. So there's plenty you can do for that. And one of the things which simple ways of exploring it, which I might be able to share here is, when, anyway like here but especially when you're walking i love it when i'm walking in nature is to just shift it to get to be conscious of your individual identity and then your universal identity both so to be to to walk through nature and realize hang on i'm relatively individual here but actually i can't possibly exist without the air without the sun without what i can eat if i'm made of as we said earlier i'm literally made of carbon made in ancient stars i'm i'm embedded in this ecology i'm embedded in the universe and so start walking around inside yourself so you're actually walking around in so there's your individual nature universal nature within which and which is the support for your individual nature and be conscious of both and suddenly china switches around and you're you're at one with your environment. You're still individual, but you're individual. So that's really lovely. The other thing, just because it's my favorite thing of all, and what I really focus on with people, it's become an obsession over the last 20 years, is to deeply connect with other people. I was just gonna say, what you were describing is about connection. And then there's such a deepening of our ability to connect with other people. Yeah, I mean, the great breakthrough for me with the experiential side of my work was when I stumbled 20 years ago into, well, first it was gazing. There's lots of other forms now, which at the time I'd, I'd never done it. I'd never even heard of it. I just tried it out with people and I'd been leading meditations and all the rest of it. Cause that's what I did myself. And then I just sat people down and we gazed with each other and the top of everyone's head came off. And, and now I do these mass gazing events where you'll gaze with like, well, the, the last one was you, you were gazing with 35 different people, one after the other. Oh. And, and what happens is that you just, well, you really notice, ah, hang on, there's a level in which I am a body looking at a body. Like now, I can see I'm looking at you and there's your lovely face and it's different to mine and how interesting is that? And blah, blah, blah. But then I can say, oh, but hang on, what I'm connecting with is your soul, is your psyche. I'm connecting with this person, this story, with all you know the joys and loves and fears and everything that I've got, but in a different order. And, and that's amazing, because then you're, but I can't see that. I can't see that. I'm connect, and I'm connecting with time, because it's like all the things, all the past that's made that up. 
And then if you stick with it, there's a moment where you go, hang on a second, I'm connecting with something which has no form at all, which is looking back at me. I'm connecting with pure being in another form. And then being is, being is connecting with being through becoming two. And at that point, suddenly it's like one and two at the same time. And it's, it's a, yeah, it's just such a beautiful experience. It sounds like liberation. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Cause you just, and I think the word liberation is great because it's the being. So the becoming is never going to be liberated. You know, it's always going to be dependent, but through the becoming, we can touch this huge, as you said, freedom yes. because the formless, it, it, it is not time because there's nothing to change. There is no form to it. It's just pure. It just is. And when you touch it, that's the release from this process of constantly becoming. And then you can come back to that with a bit more, you know, like, yeah, okay, let's give it another go. And then you have the dance between the two and you start seeing, well, for me, I know I speak for myself. I start seeing they're both beautiful. Yes. They're both part of the same thing. They are the same thing. Yes. Yes. They are the same thing. It's the great line that that um, in the, in the uh, Tibetan tradition, where it moved, I think, Buddhism on a whole lot, where it just went, Nirvana is samsara. Samsara is Nirvana. These emptiness is form. Form is emptiness. These are the same thing. Yes. They're not, they're not, it's not one, one's real and one's an illusion. They're the same thing. Yes. Yes. From two opposite perspectives. And that, that is an embracing, that is an embracing of always a being being and that way of embracing is the becoming. Uh, I mean, that process of moving into embracing all of that is the becoming, which leads us into the being, which I experience um, so often. I mean, I, you know, I've been going to Glastonbury for such a long time. I experienced that, that level of being and connection. There's a multidimensional quality to that part of the world for me, where I experienced that, that, you know, like you were saying, I can experience the past simultaneously in the present moment. So, so potently. Yeah. Glastonbury's definitely got that, the past thing going, hasn't it? Cause it goes, it, you really sense that kind of going back into these, the, all the things that have happened here. So much has happened here and, and, and now it's, yeah. And it's doing its own thing again. Oh, it's lovely that you, you, you get that in, in, in my hometown. <laughs> But then they've documented around the Wiltshire Plains like this. Uh, they've documented, scientists have documented having images of prehistoric creatures, like seeing, seeing things that are in the past, supposedly, in this vortex field of energy or whatever it is. Um, there are documented cases of, of the past just being in the present and maybe this is all happening simultaneously and we can access it because time travel in the sense of healing our past through tr- our trauma in our DNA has been a common theme in of several of our conversations that they're not separate. It's not a line that it, it, it can be something we can emotionally not correct, but repattern inside of ourselves for healing and transformation in the now. Yeah, I mean, for me, I would say it's not all happening simultaneously. If it did, I, 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 that, I, that's, that's an idea which I find very unattractive. And the reason I find it unattractive is it makes the whole of my life meaningless. Because I, 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 my experience of life is I'm creating something. Okay. And that, 
the whole point is that I don't know what's going to happen next and that I'm engaged. There is a whole, there is actually a create, the, the existence is inherently creative. But the past has not passed, it's accumulated. There's just more of it. There's more now than when we started the conversation. There's always more. And because that's all there, we can access the past. I'm doing it now and speaking to you. The only reason I know these words have meaning or I'm, my mouth knows, everything's a habit. <laughs> Everything, you know, like, like Sheldrake says, even physics. And so the, that, that past accumulating is the wisdom of the universe, if you like. The, the universe is learning by repeating how to do things. So it knows how to, knows how to do gravity very, very well indeed. Um, it knows how to speak through Tim. All right, you know, it, there's, 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 there's all these patterns and we can access the past. And, and certainly I think we can heal things and we can transform the things which hold us back because I think there's a, I call it a pastivity because it has like a weight which keeps things the same. Mm. And, and it's generally a good thing. You know, it's great that when I leave my office, probably my house is still going to be there and not just empty space. You know, it's going to stay the same. That's good. But also, of course, it can be bad because then when you get trauma or you get something which is not good, that stays the same too. And that's where I think what you're saying is... is, is can we access the future? No, because I, mean, I, I don't think they exist. That's the point. I really, really, you know, I, I, the idea that the future already exists, I, I don't know how to say this with enough passion. I, I, I think it's an abhorrent idea. <laughs> Absolutely abhorrent. Because what I love about sitting down to talk to you is that it hasn't happened yet. Yes. Not that it has happened and it's going to play out like some bloody film that we're all just watching. That's all that kind of, oh, yeah, it's all that happened. It's like, no, this is creative. Yes. That's the point. That is what this existence is creative. And what's remarkable about us is that we actually can play a, some role in that creation. And I'm choosing to, to respond to you honestly now. And I could just go along with it and go, oh, yeah. But no, I'm going to step out and go, no, I don't like that. Yes. I want, the, I want it feels wrong to me. It feels devaluing of what we're in. <clears throat> um, now, that doesn't mean that it's, not, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen. Because on a physical level, we're very good at it because it repeats generally. But the more emergent levels, it's harder. Like, I don't know what you'll say next. But if I drop this pen, I know it's going to fall. Yes. And that's because the more emergent levels are harder to predict. But, and it also doesn't mean that people can't have premonitions, which I think are fairly common, actually. In, because I think what there's a, the, on the soul level of existence, this, this non-material realm that we're both experiencing now, is, 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 is just as this is held together by cause and effect, that's really held together through meaning and narrative. So... I'm moving very fast with these ideas, but what I'm really saying is that the universe has evolved from cause and effect physics into a story. It's become a story. So there's a dreamlike element to life. It's not just a dream. It's also physics. But yeah. these two, these realms are interacting. It's happening now. The dream realm is where all I'm intending to say these words. And then the physical realm is where my mouth is moving, but they're interacting. I'm telling it to move. I'm not even telling it to move, actually. I don't know how I move my mouth. I just intend to say the words and it happens. And so that we're interacting between these realms the whole time. So in the, in the narrative realm, I think you can see where the narrative is going. Yes. And see that in dreams and in, you know, generally. We do it all the time, I think. I think it's quite common. 
but that doesn't mean it's already happened. It just means that's where it's heading. And then sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so we could say awakening to our life's purpose is recognizing our creative power in every moment of, of our existence and that there's infinite possibilities to create that, that, that power. Beautiful. Beautiful. So try, try this. When I think about purpose, which I do a fair bit, I thought, you know, does the universe have a purpose? I thought it's not that it has a purpose. It's more that its purpose is kind of what it is. The, if, if, if existence is the realization of potentiality on ever more emergent levels, it's, it's got purpose built into it by, its, by what it is. So here are you and I at the end of that process, well, not the end of it, but hopefully, but the cutting edge of it right now. And so our purpose surely is the same. Our purpose is as primarily souls now, psyches, to realize our greatest potentials in the most emergent ways we can. Yes. And in doing that, we will form ourselves. So we're in a process of soul formation. We're actually forming what we are. Yes, yes. We are in a process of soul formation, and in doing so, we get to break free, experience. Yeah, because yeah. as you form your soul, if you form your soul wisely, <laughs> I think, you can actually start supporting these deep awake states. Yes. In which you experience liberation. You, experience, you can actually experience something beyond your individuality, something transcendent. You can start to see as God sees. And that's a whole different thing then. Beyond individuality, where individualism resides. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, uh, wow. Uh, we'll, we'll um, I mean, I know we can go on and on. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, tell me briefly, I'm out of, out of my own curiosity, how does a 12-year-old boy handle like this instantaneous awakening, spontaneous awakening, you called it? Um, what, because I believe those are going to be more commonplace. And so for anyone who's listening, how, what, how did you receive that and, and kind of move forward from that? Well, I was very lucky, I think. Uh, it happened to me just sitting on a hill. So I had no associations with it. I wasn't in a church or meditating or reading a book or it just happened. And really looking back, it happened because I was so immersed in the mystery because I was so like, what is this? And what should I do with it? And, you know, that all of those existential questions, which, which seem to, I don't know, I've always had them. So when it happened and everything just poof, um, it was it was so safe and so much love uh and i interpreted it i think mainly through the christian lens to the degree that that's i'd gone to church when i was little and that's what i had um and how i handled it i mean i mean part of partly i went down the hill again afterwards and became a teenager and did all sorts of crazy shit but i was looking for that again and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it, it is lovely how we have these natures and mine is to create. So actually, Aaron, what I did was I wrote a play about love through history. Wow. And 
we put it on. It was a big thing in my little hometown, which is just down the road from Glastonbury. Um, and it, it, was, it was on the TV and we were packed out night after night. And it was in wow. a church, which wow. had turned itself into a theater. And because I'm also by nature, I like to stir things up a bit. They had a scene set in Northern Ireland with people swearing. So we had kids, it was all kids performed it, kids swearing in church, <laughs> presenting a message of love. So it was, you know, it was, you know, and I look back there and I think, oh, that, that could be me now, couldn't it? Wow. It's kind of crazy. So something, something was there already that just wanted to. So I, I coped with it through creating. And I think I've been doing that ever since. Been really just spending my time. How can I, how can I open up more and more of that deep awake? How can I share it with others? So I really like that. And how can I understand it? And of everything, I'd say, you know, I, I was just in this deep state at New Year with all these folks. And the love is kind of always the same. I don't know if you find that. It's kind of like the love is the love. And in a way, that's like the emptiness. It can't change. But the wisdom is what changes. My understanding moves forward. And I like to think, I hope, that I'm a little bit wiser now, 50 years later, than I was when I was a kid. And and that collectively we're doing that and that that growth that growth of wisdom which is the accumulation of experience allows us to sustain those states which at first feel like they're just grace they just come and and you have to then just wait patiently that's so beautiful yes i mean do you feel that wisdom is is like this embodiment of time and space or of experience and it just takes time to kind of move through the aquifer of your beingness in order to be the embodiment of this wisdom you know yeah intelligence is different say again i i I, intelligence is different than wisdom yeah i mean they're they're both they both come through that process of of time um and intelligence intelligence maybe in that in that way is, is a certain faculty with with thought which some people have more of than all the rest of it i know very i know a lot of people who are not particularly quick thinkers or anything like that who are very very wise yes very wise um, yes there's a in fact i've increasingly i've i've put two words together and just talk about love wisdom um, partly because I call myself a philosopher, for want of a better word, and it's philo, Sophia. Philo means love. Sophia means wisdom. And I love the and it feels like that's the one I'm interested in. I'm interested in yeah, love without wisdom. You don't know what to do with it, and you can easily do stupid things with it. Actually, yes. wisdom without love is just that's just information. It doesn't mean anything. But if you can bring the two together, then it feels something special happens. Yes. It, it, from your experiences, it sounds like when you are in a state of inquiring, a state of inquiry, everything can open up. That's, that's what I take away from your experience. You were up on the top of a mountain, really just in a state of inquiry, and it got met with, with a, an answer, basically. You know? yeah. 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 I think that's a really good description of it. Yeah. And it's why I always encourage people uh, very much to question and to doubt and to open it up the, the mystery to be really in touch with the mystery um while you know when i when i i, I always i haven 't done it this time, so I can do it now which is good but I always like to say you know i 'm sharing a lot of ideas these days because i 'm kind of going through a philosophy phase in my own journey um but it 's all based on not knowing the foundation is mystery i don't i don't know what's yeah. going on this is this is this is my best guess yeah. and it feels valuable 
Yeah. But you know, yeah. I hope it's an improvement on what we had before, and that soon, soon after, someone else will come along with something better. But it's like, it's all, it's too big to contain. It's only a map. Yeah. You can't, you know, it's not the reality. The reality is just. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it can't be spoken of. No. That's the comedy of all of this is you and I, we could go on and on about talking about that, which ultimately cannot be spoken of. And um, I mean, we, we put words and language to it, but most of the other ancient cultures and the, they, they don't, they don't go through it the way we, we tend to want to go through it in words and languaging and philosophies and well you know i think i think i think we're i think we're more similar in a way than we than it looks it's just that we are in a sense more emergent now by which i don't mean better or that's a value judgment which you could apply i mean simply we've come after them so it's like you know it's like we've we're we're standing on their shoulders so we should be able to see more very true very true the the early cultures think every, every culture thinks with the ideas it has available yes so you know if you go back long enough you go back to the shamanic cultures they will think about what's happening in the world with the images they have so the wind is like a mother or the earth is like a mother because they have the idea mother so it's like a mother okay that's a really good analysis if you've only got a handful of ideas once you've built that you can see oh yeah poetically that still makes sense and that kind of has a deep resonance, but now we can also see it as a big ball of mass hurtling through space. And that's also true. Oh, interesting. And then, but it's all built by expanding our maps, expanding yeah. our, our ideas. Yes. But you, know, you, but you never want to confuse the map with the, it's like the famous, you know, you don't want to eat the menu. <laughs> <laughs> don't confuse the menu and the meal. The meal's the yes. meal. No, that, that's spot on because it's, yeah, it's just all, it's all it's all emerging and it's all part of part of this dance. Uh, such such joy. I I I I would love a Tim Freak part one, two, three. But for right now, um, I know you have an offering for our audience. Uh, if you want to share what that is, they'll be able to access it right here on this link uh, for a Dropbox download. Um, but what is your offering? Um, it's my, it's a, it's a slightly older book of mine called The Mystery Experience, which is nice. So it's where I started exploring science and spirituality. Um, if you want the latest stuff, which really does move it on quite a bit, then you need to look at Soul Story. It's hard to keep up with myself because, you know, there's new stuff coming on top of that. But it's a, I think it's still a valuable book. And there's some lovely stuff in there about science and spirituality and a whole load of practical stuff about awakening. So it felt like... That felt like a nice thing. That's perfect. So get that for free and pick up Soul Story and Deep Awake because I know those are your. That's your emergence into the next uh, evolution of consciousness for you, Tim. What a joy and a blessing. I hope to see you on the high street in Glastonbury. Yeah. Uh, sooner than later. I am so thrilled that you uh, said yes to this and we had this conversation. Thank you so much. Real joy. It's been a real delight. Lovely Thank to you me. so much. Until next time, uh, I'm Aaron, and we'll see you on the next edition of Spiritual Technology, Awaken to Your Life's Purpose. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you soon.